Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, November 25th, 2015. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only in-house union screen printer in Boston. Specializing in custom uniforms and business apparel, and now home of an on-the-spot embroidery service. Also, home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester. There is plenty of parking out back, or give them a call for more information on all your screen printing and embroidery needs. 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Or go to BeantownAthletics.com and make sure you tell them I sent you. So the final show of the week uh, before we get into Thanksgiving tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there who listens to this show and even to the people who don't. Uh, so no show tomorrow, obviously. No show on Friday. And I will also not be here next Monday. Uh, that is a day in which I am actually moving out of my current apartment. So I need that entire day. It is the last month of November. I need to be out before December 1st, so the next time you hear from me, we will be in the month of December, and we will be through 12 weeks in the NFL regular season. Before I close out today's show, because I'm not here tomorrow, and because I'm not here on Friday, I will give you Picks Picks today to close out the show and close out this Thanksgiving week. Every Friday, I give you five games with the spread for the upcoming NFL week. The upcoming weekend, I don't usually do the Thursday games, but since we'll be doing Picks Picks today on a Wednesday, on a Thanksgiving Wednesday, I do have at least one Thursday game for you. There will be three Thursday Thanksgiving Day games as usual. You get the 1230, uh, then you get the game at 4 or 430, and obviously the game at night at 8, uh, the 830 game and, um, yeah, I do have one of those games in my picks. So I give you five games with the spread. I will give you picks picks before I close out today's show. And as I do every Wednesday, true to form, I will preview the entire week. So you're getting, you're getting both things in one show. Usually I do it Wednesdays. I give you the preview of the upcoming NFL week. And then on Friday, I give you my picks. Uh, today I'm giving you both, my NFL preview and picks picks. So uh, before I actually get you know, dig down into this upcoming NFL week. Just a couple other news and notes to go over that uh, outside the NFL world. Uh, the biggest story outside of the NFL is that last night, the Golden State Warriors, they are off to the best start in NBA history at 16-0. and And um, that doesn't mean they're going to go undefeated and go 82-0, and but this is pretty damn impressive. A Warriors team, they are the reigning, defending champions of the world. And uh, you look around the NBA, I, I still think there are some other elite teams right now. The Cleveland Cavaliers in the East at 11-3. and three. Uh, You have the San Antonio Spurs, who I'm also obviously taking seriously. They are 11-3. and three. Oklahoma City, you know, when they, as with Durant, when he's healthy, you know, this is certainly a team that's going to contend for a title. And uh, I, I even look at a team like Dallas, and I've seen some things that they've done this season. And I really like uh, what they look like, at least in the in the early part of this year. Bringing it back locally, uh, the Celtics last night lost to the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks, who are 10-6 and six on the season. The Celtics had already beaten the Hawks here in Boston just a couple weeks ago, but they go to Atlanta last night. It's a national TV game, and the Celtics got whooped. What did they get? They got outscored like 40-25 to 25 in the fourth quarter, something crazy like that. Uh, but the Celtics lose to Atlanta last night. It's not, that's not a bad loss, in my opinion. Like, you go to Atlanta, I would pick the Hawks to win that game over the Celtics more times than not anyway. So that to me, that's not a bad loss. The bad loss is the loss that the Celtics had on Sunday to the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. You cannot lose that game. And tonight, the Celtics now play the Philadelphia 76ers back home here in Boston at the TD Garden. The Philadelphia 76ers are 0-15. I would say that if you lose to Philly, a team that has yet to win this season, that would be a bad loss. However, you know, you do have Brooklyn's pick, and Brooklyn 
you, I'm not saying you go out and try to lose to Philly. The Celtics should beat the 76ers, but if they, if they lose to Philly, given the fact that maybe you also can try to help Brook, that Brooklyn pick and really help out your own organization if you're the Celtics, it wouldn't be the worst loss in the world. You shouldn't lose to Philly, though. I expect the Celtics to win tonight. But um, that's what we'll be looking at in the NBA. But the Golden State Warriors, on a national level, they are off to the best start in NBA history at 16 and oh, I mean that that that's the excitement of the early NBA season so far. Here locally, yeah, we look at the Celtics, but we also look at some of the bad teams because we look at well, Brooklyn is so bad, but this is how this is how bad it is. They're not the worst team. Philadelphia is the worst team, and outside of that, you got the Lakers with two wins, you got the Pelicans with three wins, Sacramento's won a couple games with they have five wins now. And, uh, you know, Orlando has six wins. Brooklyn has three. So Brooklyn with at 3-11, and 11, they're not the worst team in the NBA. They're actually a, a team or two that are, that's worse than them. But the worst team in the league is Philly. They are in Boston tonight. I don't think Boston, I don't think the Celtics are going to lose this game. At least they shouldn't. And I'm not asking them. Even though I said they could help out their own pick that is... You know, the Brooklyn pick, which is now the Celtics, the Celtics could help themselves out in that regard by losing this game. But I'm not going to go into this game tonight and root for the Celtics to lose. I just won't do it. Uh, I'll I'll root for Philly to win some other games down the stretch. It's an 82-game season. They have plenty of time to win some games. It's just disappointing when you look back and see that the Celtics lost to Brooklyn on Sunday in Brooklyn. That's a bad loss. Last night in Atlanta, I don't consider that a bad loss. That's a very good Atlanta Hawks team so that's where we stand in the NBA and the NHL here locally the Bruins they are in Detroit tonight the Bees look to win their fourth straight so we'll keep an eye on that and keep an eye on them over the weekend and how about those college football playoff rankings that came out last night the new rankings I mean Clemson and Alabama are the number one and the number two teams in the country. They they remain in those spots in the college football rankings. Clemson one, Alabama two. But last week, you had Ohio State three and Notre Dame four. Those are the top four teams last week. Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. And, you know, I talked about Notre Dame the last week or so because they played in this Shamrock Series game at Fenway and I was over at Fenway. I was broadcasting from inside of Fenway on Saturday night leading up to the BC Notre Dame game. And I told you there were so many Notre Dame fans there. It was, it was a Notre Dame home game. That's what it was, even against BC, even in Boston at Fenway. And Notre Dame all over the place. They dominated the scene. They had the Notre Dame you know, fighting Irish painted in the end zones. The souvenir shops inside of Fenway they were Notre Dame souvenir shops. You couldn't buy one thing that was uh, that said Boston College on it. Anything that was maroon and gold, you just could not buy it. It was just not in the building or around the building. This was the Shamrock Series, and it was Notre Dame's home game. And before the game, I'm broadcasting, and we have a TV on in front of me in the studio inside Fenway. And people from the street can see in on Lansdowne Street. And people inside the park, they can also see in to the windows. We have windows on both sides of me. So they're watching the TV and the end of the Ohio State-Michigan State game. Michigan State goes into Ohio State. And keep in mind that at the time, Michigan State was the number nine seed, the number nine team in the country, according to the college football playoff rankings last week. They went into the number, the number three seed, Ohio State. And they beat him with a game-winning field goal. And Notre Dame was thrilled with that because they're thinking, okay, Ohio State loses this game. All we got to do is win tonight here at Fenway against BC, and we'll just slide up to the number three spot, right? Wrong. That's not what happened because BC actually gave Notre Dame a game, though if you watch the game, Notre Dame turned the ball over left and right. It was almost like they didn't even want to win. So it wasn't a great dominating performance for a Notre Dame team that was a top four team in the country and was playing a BC team that had a three and seven record. I mean, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a great showing for Notre Dame. And, but when they won the game, I still said to myself, given the fact that Ohio State lost, I don't think you can just move Notre Dame out of the top four. If you wanted to take a team and put them into that three spot and just keep Notre Dame at four, I could see that. But that's not what happened. 
That's not what happened at all. The the playoff rankings for this week came out last night. Clemson, Alabama, still number one and number two, respectively. And they moved a new team into the number three spot. Ohio State out. They put Oklahoma in, right, into the number three spot. And they knocked Notre Dame out of it. They didn't just knock Notre Dame out. They moved them from four to six. They moved Michigan State above Notre Dame. And they put Iowa into the number four spot. Iowa jumped into the number four spot. Notre Dame is out. And I'm sure there are some Notre Dame fans who are unhappy with this because they're looking at it saying, well, I mean, we didn't lose. But it just goes to show you how important it is uh, to, to win. If you get a game on your schedule, even if it's late, you better have a convincing win. And the Notre Dame win over VC was not very convincing if you watched it. I think, uh, you know, the people who came up with the selection committee, the people who came up with these rankings, I think they looked at that Notre Dame VC game and they said, yeah, Notre Dame won, but you know, we got to give some credit to Michigan State beating Ohio State and take Ohio State out. And there's a couple other teams who had a little bit more convincing wins against better opponents. They deserve a shot. Notre Dame, I guess you ask yourself the question, what did Notre Dame have to do to stay in the top four? Well, the answer is simple. They needed to have a convincing win over a BC team that is no good. This is a BC team that had lost the game this season three to nothing. Okay? Three to nothing. And it just wasn't convincing enough to the selection committee. Notre Dame is out in the top four teams. If the college football playoffs began today, Clemson one, Alabama two, Oklahoma three, Iowa four. That's the top four. A a team to keep an eye out for now. As we get a couple more weeks in the college football season is keep an eye on Michigan State. I think they they got a nice little jump. They're 10 and one. At the beginning of the season, they were, uh, you know, right up here in the top. But they jump up to five. And I tell you what, if Michigan State can take care of business here moving forward, and any of these teams have a little bump in the road, and obviously you don't even need to lose to get knocked out of the top four if you're a team like Iowa. Or if a team, like, I'll look at Oklahoma because they have one loss, right? If they, uh, you know, if it's not convincing enough, look out for Michigan State. Uh, they are right there in the number five spot. So we'll keep an eye on the college football playoff rankings. But I'm telling you, when I first saw this, I was a little shocked. I definitely thought that Notre Dame, even though it was not a dominating performance against BC, because Ohio State lost, I thought that they would keep Notre Dame at four and slide someone up into the three spot. But they also... Uh, not only did they slide someone up to the three spot, they also took Notre Dame out of the top fourth. So uh, a tough loss for Notre Dame, even though you look at it over the weekend and they went into Fenway Park and they won. So, uh, and, and if you know Notre Dame, you might say, well, oh, we had to play at Fenway. They had to travel to Boston for a home game. I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because everything at Fenway said Notre Dame This was a Notre Dame home game. When BC had the ball on third down, the place was rocking. They were playing music. It was was a home game for Notre Dame. So I don't want to hear that excuse to anybody that's rooting on uh, the Fighting Irish. So that's where college football stands as of right now. And uh, we'll keep an eye on next week's rankings, but let's get right into it. Week number 12 in the NFL, like I do every Wednesday, I preview the upcoming week. I go over every game and basically take a look at the playoff implications, especially now this late into the season as we go into week number 12. And again, before I close out today's show, because it's the last show of the week, I'll give you my picks, 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 five games with the spread to close it out. But first, let's preview what we got going on this week. Shall we? 16 games. That's right. 16 games. There are no buys this week. There are no more buy teams in the NFL. Last week was the last week for any teams to have a buy. So we get 16 games on the schedule for this weekend, beginning with three games on Thanksgiving tomorrow and ending with the Ravens in Cleveland on Monday night football. What a terrible game to have on Monday night. That is, I mean, we're going to have so much football this week and this weekend that I don't even want to watch that game. I, I don't even know that they should even play that game. 
to be quite honest with you. I mean, you don't even... though. If there was one reason that I was going to watch the Monday night game, it was going to be because Johnny Manziel, he officially was named the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. And you know what? They'll do the whole Johnny Manziel era begins, and it begins on Monday night football officially. How uh, How's he going to begin the Johnny Manziel era? That's a storyline to watch. It is. Or it would have been if Johnny Manziel didn't go out partying during the bye week. And I kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday. But my reaction to the Manziel thing is this. In a, in a normal situation, for a normal team, for a normal kid on a bye week, you know, I wouldn't be all over Manziel. I would say, let the kid live. Let the kid go out. It's a bye week. And, and what are we going to do during the bye weeks? Are we going to sit there and are we going to follow NFL players around? Are we going to follow professionals around, professional athletes around who have millions of dollars, who are celebrities? We're going to follow them around on their bye week? Let them live. They got a weekend off. They're going to go out. They're going to have a couple drinks. Some people are going to go potty. It's going to happen. Just accept it. It's a bye week after all. But in normal circumstances, even with the Johnny Manziel, I would say, let this thing go. This is not a big deal. Let him be the quarterback for the Browns next week. They had a bye week. Uh, let the kid potty. But I, I, this isn't a normal circumstance. There are things that are hanging over Johnny Manziel's head that, you know, you have that story with the girlfriend in the car a, a couple weeks ago, and I still don't know that we know exactly what happened there, but, I mean, it didn't look good. And I'm not so sure that there's enough evidence for us to actually come out and, 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 and crucify him for that and say he shouldn't be playing in the NFL. Like, I, I don't think we should be doing that. But certainly, that is a, the type of storyline that, you know, raises your antennas. Like, you, you, you hear that, you see that, and you say, all right, that's not good. Like, you, Johnny Menzel's looking for an opportunity in this league he needs to be on his best behavior. Does he not? Yes, he does. You know, if, if he gets the opportunity, he runs with it, he becomes a successful quarterback, fine. You get a bye week in two years next year, party. Go have a couple drinks. He's a kid. Let the kid live. But he hasn't earned that spot. He hasn't earned that right. And there have been so many things that we've heard with Manziel off the field that I think a lot of people are just waiting to see how he is going to react to when the team does hand it over to him. The team handed it over to him. They named him the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. The Johnny Manziel era was about to officially begin. And what does he do on the bye week? He's out, videos, partying. Again, normal circumstances, I would say let the kid, let the kid live. But, you know, this is just, and you even heard it from Mike Pettin. And this is a Mike Pettin that did not even want Johnny Manziel to be the starter. I think that it came down from the higher-ups, from the front office, even higher than that to say, we're out of it, our season is over, what are we doing sticking with McCown? And by the way, McCown and Manziel have the same number of wins this season. So let's not make it sound like McCown is such an upgrade over Johnny Manziel if we were trying to uh, you know, have a miracle and, and have a miraculous playoff race and get into the playoffs. I mean, that's not going to happen, first of all, but even if we wanted to try and make that happen, what is telling us that McCown's the best man for the job? I, Mike Pettin just doesn't like Johnny Manziel, and... Look, the bye week even said it. said this was sort of a test. We name him the starting quarterback. Let's see how he handles it. Because a lot of stuff so far in his professional life, in his short professional life, he has not handled things very well. And I thought this was a perfect opportunity for Johnny Manziel to prove that he was a changed guy. Right? We, were, we saw that. We heard that in the offseason. That Manziel was, you know, he's, he's, he's committed. He's focused. And, and look, again, normally... I'm not going to crucify a kid for going out and drinking or partying and having a blast, and a, especially during a bye week. But this was a different circumstance. This was a special circumstance. This was basically a test, and he failed the test. So I can't sit here and defend him. And as much as I wanted to see him be the starter for the Cleveland Browns, I can understand the Cleveland Browns saying, come on, what the fuck is going on? This is not what we wanted to see from you. We wanted to just for one weekend. Couldn't you for one weekend just not go out? Just one weekend. And it couldn't happen. So uh, I, as much as a Johnny Manziel supporter as I've been, and a supporter basically of common sense and human nature, which is 
kids are going to – sometimes the celebrity superstar kid is, with millions of dollars gonna, is going to party, right? He's, he's going to have some drinks with his friends. He's going to have a go out and have a good time. There's a time and a place for everything, though. And Johnny Manziel has plenty of time to party. He was handed uh, the, the keys to the car, and they said, here, you're, you are our QB, okay? It begins now, and you got a Monday night game after the bye week. Let's go do this. It's a game you have a chance to win. And what does he do? Well, puts the playbook aside, uh, takes the keys to the car, and he goes and picks up his friends, and he goes out in a nice little uh, party weekend during the bye. It's not what they wanted to see, and to be honest with you, it's not what I wanted to see because I ultimately wanted to see Johnny Manziel start on Monday Night Football. Not only will he not start uh, now, I, he's going to be the third string, right? I mean, so <laughs> it's the Johnny Manziel era in Cleveland. I, I don't actually think it will officially begin. I, I really don't. And at this point, because of what happened, I can't really blame him. I was blaming him before this, but uh, this one circumstance, it just... Uh, Johnny Manziel just needed for one weekend to knock a wall party in, and uh, he will not be playing in Monday Night Football. That would have been the only reason I watched. It's just a terrible game, but that's how Week 12 will end. It'll begin, though, with three games on Thanksgiving. Let's get right into it. The Philadelphia Eagles, they are in Detroit to take on the Lions, and the Detroit Lions... I guess technically at three and seven, they are in a playoff race. They are not going to win their division. If they're in any race, they are in a race for the wild card. And they're about three games behind. And they got everybody and their mother in the NFC ahead of them. So I don't look at the Lions and think that they are a playoff team. They have won two straight games, though. And, you know, I. With that said, don't have a bet against the streak or with the streak, but the Philadelphia Eagles, they don't know who their quarterback's going to be as of the time that I record this podcast. At least they have not said publicly if it's going to be Sanchez or Bradford. Brad Sam Bradford now has the shoulder injury, but um, so we'll see. He probably won't be able to take hits. I would think, you know, if I had a bet, I would bet that they put Sanchez in this game against Detroit. It still is a game that Philadelphia should win. Uh, but Detroit, they're feeling good about themselves. They got this Thanksgiving Day game at home. I would be hesitant to take the Eagles, even though I think they should win this game. Uh, it's a game I would probably stay away from. The Eagles, they need to win. Uh, they are in the more desperate situation when it comes to a playoff race because uh, the Eagles at 4-6 and six are on the outside looking in right now. But forget about the wild card. They are one game behind the Giants for first place in the NFC East. The Giants at 5-5, five and five, so the Eagles have a shot still within their division uh, to win their division and get into the playoffs that way. I think uh, that would be the more logical way uh, for them to get in. So it, it is a must-win game in that regard that the Eagles are looking at the playoffs here, and they have a realistic shot, even though they're two games under five hundred. They still have a realistic shot of getting in. I don't think Detroit has a realistic shot, but Philly given the fact that they can still battle for their division title, yeah, they could get in. So it's a must-win for them. you got to beat a team like Detroit, but it is Thanksgiving. It is in Detroit, and Detroit's on a little bit of a roll here. So it's a game I would probably stay away from. The Lions are one-point favorites. Uh, that's how the week will begin. I don't know that it's going to be a great game, but it certainly is a must-win, I think, for the Philadelphia Eagles if they do want a shot at winning the NFC East. So that's how it begins in Detroit. And then we go to Dallas. This is the biggest game of the Thanksgiving Day games. This is a huge game. And I know you might look at Dallas's record and say that they're 3-7, and seven, and you say, well, Danny, you just ruled out the Detroit Lions at 3-7. and seven. How are you going to say the Dallas Cowboys have a chance to, to make the playoffs? Well, I say that because the Cowboys, as I just mentioned, the NFC East is still winnable. The Giants lead it at 5-5. Five and five. You got the Eagles at 4-6. and six. You got the Redskins at 4-6. and six. And the Cowboys are at 3-7. and seven. At 3-7, and seven, you're only two games out with six games left to play. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the way it looks right now. So Dallas, their schedule after Carolina, I think is pretty. I think they have some games that they can win. At Washington, they can win that. Dallas can win that. Then they go to Green Bay. I mean, we just saw Detroit go into Lambeau and beat Green Bay. So that's not an impossible place to win, at least it seems this season. Um, and then you got the Jets, and then at Buffalo, and then 
in, back in Dallas against the Redskins again. So Dallas is scheduled to me, you know, they have at least four winnable games, which would put them at seven wins. But I look at this game this weekend in Dallas, Thanksgiving afternoon, 4.30 kickoff against an undefeated Carolina Panthers team. The Cowboys are one-point dogs in this one. I think the Cowboys win it. I do. Tony Romo is back. They just beat Miami. And I do think that Tony Romo's presence makes all the difference in the world for the Cowboys this season. You look at their defense in Dallas, they do not have a bad defense. They are right in the middle of the pack in the NFL. Uh, They allow 22.8 points per game. And every other stat, you know, they're in the top 15. So Dallas does not have a bad defense. I mean, they're not the best defense in the league, but I think they're good enough to, if you look at them and say, get us a quarterback. And now they have their quarterback. Romo is back. Don't forget Des Bryant missed a whole lot of time this season. Don't forget Witten was playing banged up. And they were also banged up on the defensive side. Yeah, they lost their running back, but I tell you what, McFadden, he's having a great season. So I I look at that, McFadden, Romo, Des Bryant, and this offense to go along with a defense that is not bad, that is right in the middle of the pack of the NFL. I think this is a Cowboys team that at home on Thanksgiving Day against the undefeated Carolina Panthers, I think Dallas pulls it off. I think Carolina loses their first game of the season this weekend, and the Cowboys will win it. And I told you on previous shows, I think the Dallas Cowboys, I think they go in the playoffs. I do. I think they're going to win the division still. I really do. I think they're going to win the division. And, you know, when a team like the Giants had a chance to run away with it, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. One of the teams in this division, they had a chance to separate themselves from the Dallas Cowboys, and the Cowboys are one game behind the Eagles and the Redskins, and they're only two games behind the Giants. It's doable for Dallas, and uh, I don't even know that they need to win four of the next six to even win the division. So I, I think the Cowboys, if they can beat the Redskins in those two games, I gonna, I'm going to give them a shot against this Panthers team. And in fact, I'm going to say the Cowboys win it on Thanksgiving in Dallas against an undefeated Panthers team. Tony Romo, Cowboys, You say, would you say shock in the world? Maybe. When you give a team uh, like the Panthers with their defense and with the quarterback like Cam Newton, who's having an MVP-type season, if you can beat a team like that, look, maybe I feel a little bit differently if this was any other week and if it was in Carolina, but guess what? It's in Dallas. Romo is back. I think the Cowboys are only getting better after that win over Miami last week. And uh, I just think that the Cowboys will win this game on Thanksgiving against the Panthers. And then Thanksgiving night at 8.30, you got the Bears in Green Bay against the Packers. Uh, The Green Bay Packers, a nine-point favorite in this one. Green Bay, they are coming off a big win over the Minnesota Vikings. And if the playoffs began today because of that win over Minnesota, the Packers are 7-3. and three. They would be in the lead uh, in their division in that NFC North. And they would be the three seed at 7-3 and three and would host the Atlanta Falcons in the first round. Uh, but they come home. I already told you a little bit earlier that Lambeau, it doesn't seem to be the most impossible place to play this season. We already saw Detroit go in there and win a couple weeks ago. But to me, the Chicago Bears, Thursday night, Thanksgiving night in Lambeau, should be a cold one. I think that Green Bay will pull it out. So I see the Packers winning that game. Uh, and that is the final game on Thanksgiving. So you got the Eagles, Lions, you got the Panthers, Cowboys, and you got the Bears and the Packers on Thursday. And that brings us to Sunday. New Orleans in Houston. The New Orleans Saints, a three point dog against the Houston Texans. And the New Orleans Saints have really blown it for themselves this season. They are four and six, they've lost to teams that they shouldn't lose to mainly because their defense is as bad as I've ever seen a defense in the NFL. So when they go into this game against the Houston Texans, I have to acknowledge what the Texans just did last weekend. They put 24 points up against a very good Jets defense. Yes, it was in Houston. It was TJ Yates that did the job. I don't buy into the Texans, but I think when Andrew Luck went down again, Houston definitely... They, you definitely can sense that they feel they're alive in their division. They have the same record now as Indy. 
They do. And if the playoffs began today, yes, Houston would not make it in. They would just be on the outside at 5-5 five and because five, Kansas City would get the final wild card spot at 5-5, five and five, winning the tiebreakers. But Houston has a shot to win their division with Andrew Luck being down and Matt Hasselbeck under center. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I still think Andrew Luck will come back and Indy will eventually pull away. But even then, Houston will still have a shot to get into the wild card because teams like the Jets, teams like the Raiders, they have let these teams hang around in that wild card race. And uh, so Houston, you got to acknowledge what they did against that Jets defense. And, and say, what can they do against the New Orleans defense that is just awful? And it's in Houston again. I mean, look, the way the Saints have sort of choked the last couple weeks, I'm going to say that, that Houston has a chance to win this game. No doubt about it. If you have a chance to pass and, on the New Orleans Saints defense, which I think Houston will do, then I'm going to say that Houston could win this. Absolutely. So that's a 1 o'clock game. The Saints in Houston. The Texans a three-point favorite. Then you get the Minnesota Vikings in Atlanta. The Vikings as a one-and-a-half-point dog in this one. The Vikings are trying to bounce back from a loss to the Green Bay Packers. If the playoffs began today, the Minnesota Vikings are in at 7-3 and three in that number 5 seed, that top wildcard spot, and they would be going to New York, the 4 seed, and playing the Giants in the wildcard round of the playoffs. I mentioned the Falcons at 6-4. and four. They would be the 6 seed going to Green Bay if the playoffs began today. Uh, And the Vikings on Sunday at 1 o'clock will go to Atlanta. The Atlanta Falcons have been a team that just continues to play down to the competition. They have lost three straight games. uh, And the teams they've lost to, the Buccaneers, the 49ers, and the Colts without Andrew Luck. So Atlanta is not a scary team. Uh, You go into their building. They are 3-2 and at home this season. The Minnesota Vikings on the road, they are 3-2. and two. I could see the Vikings winning this game, but where I think if they're going to run into any problems, it would be, you know, if they're just going to strictly rely on Adrian Peterson to run the football, the Atlanta Falcons have the best run defense in the NFL, allowing 87 rush yards per game. So, they're going to have to find a way to pass the football. I think it can be done. Teddy Bridgewater got banged up, got knocked around a lot uh, last week in that game against Green Bay. But um, it, I st- look, I'm still going to say, even with that Atlanta rush defense, I'm going to say that the Minnesota Vikings have a chance to win this game. And just given what I've seen from Atlanta this season, even though it's in Atlanta, I cannot look at that and think that the Falcons a locks to win at home this late in the season. I just don't think they are. So I'm still I'm still going to go with the Vikings. They might have a little bit of a problem running the football. You know, they might not be able to run like they usually do with Adrian Peterson, but he still is one of the best running backs in the league. And all you need him to really is break one or two big ones in this game. And uh, it could be the biggest difference. So I'm still going to say he has a chance to do that. And Minnesota, I would lean towards them winning this one and getting to 8-3 and three and seeing Atlanta lose their fourth straight. I mean, again, the teams that Atlanta has lost to, I don't know how you could go into this game as a Falcon fan feeling confident against a very good Minnesota Vikings team. Uh, and the Vikings, to me, are a lock to make the playoffs. Atlanta, eh, not so much. Uh, then you get the St. Louis. They go into Cincinnati. Speaking of lock to make the playoffs, the Bengals are a lock to make the playoffs. Right now, Cincinnati losing their last two. They are not a lock to get a first-round bye at 8-2. and two. But if the playoffs began today, they would have it. you got to keep your eye on Denver at 8-2. and two. That's a huge game. Cincinnati will be watching that one. And uh, you know what? If I'm Cincinnati and I'm watching the Patriots-Broncos on Sunday night, the Patriots at 10-0, and 0, the Broncos at 8-2, and two, um, I think that I'm probably rooting for Denver. As much as you could look at and say, well, Cincinnati would want the one seed and they want that AFC championship at home, right? Obviously. But Cincinnati also would like to guarantee a first-round bye, I would think. And if you look at the Patriots' schedule moving forward after the Denver game, I think it's unrealistic to think that any of the teams outside of Denver left on the Patriots' schedule, it's crazy to think that any of those teams are going to beat the Patriots. They're not. 
they're not going to beat the Patriots. The Patriots, whatever happens in Denver, the Patriots are going to win out, even with all the offensive injuries that they have. I really do believe that. Cincinnati has to be realistic about it. And uh, I would think that with the Denver Broncos right up their ass, both teams at 8-2, and two, the Bengals should be just playing for a first-round bye right now, so they should be rooting for Denver to lose that game on Sunday night. I'll get to that Sunday night game in just a few minutes, but to talk about the Bengals, again, if the playoffs began today, they get the first-round bye at 8-2. and two. They have lost their last two games. Um, they are a nine-point favorite at home. They're still the, – the Bengals are a very good team. The game they lost on uh, Sunday night, that was against the Cardinals, and that that's obviously a very good Cardinals team. You know, a Cardinals team that is probably going to get a first-round bye in the NFC. So it's not like they lose to some schmucks. The week before then, I can't wrap my brain around how since he couldn't score a touchdown against the Houston Texans, they played on Monday night the week before, right? So – but regardless, last week, that was a tough, that was a loss in, in which you played a tough team, a tough Cardinal team, so I can't knock Cincy for that loss too much. Uh, but this game at home against the Rams, you got to beat St. Louis. I, I mean, St. Louis, the Rams right now, they seem to be all over the place. I was putting them in the playoff picture a couple weeks ago, but they just, you know, they they needed to, there were some games on their schedule that they needed to win, and they just could not do it. They bench Nick Foles. They go to Case Keenum. Case Keenum, I mean, they, he shouldn't have even continued playing in that game last weekend, but they kept him in, even knowing that he got his bell rung big time. So I can't buy into the, to the St. Louis Rams anymore. They are in Cincinnati. The Bengals should be able to win this one. It's a, it's a high spread at, at nine. The Bengals are a nine-point favorite. Uh, but I would be tempted to take them, thinking that they should be able to beat St. Louis in Cincinnati by at least 10 points. Bengals will win and will be 9-2 and two after this one. Then you got Tampa Bay. They go into Indianapolis to play the Colts. The Colts, as I mentioned, they have no Andrew Luck, but they are coming off a huge win over the Atlanta Falcons last weekend, even with Matt Hasselbeck. And uh, the Colts, they have teams on their ass right now in Houston. Uh, they have the Jacksonville Jaguars at four and six, one game behind them. So Indy, they need to win this game against Tampa Bay, a Tampa Bay team that is five and five. And if the playoffs began today, Tampa Bay, they are not in, but they're only one game out of a wild card spot. Still, if you watch Tampa Bay play Indy, I think given the fact that this game is going to be in Indianapolis, I'm going to give the home team an edge. This is your typical, let's give the home cooking the advantage in this one. I'm going to give it to the Colts. They've been proven they can win with Matt Hasselbeck under center still. And uh, I think that they should be able to, because this game's, look, if this game was in Tampa Bay, maybe I'd feel differently. Colts are three-point favorites. The Colts, it could be close, but I could see Indianapolis beating Tampa Bay. At least when I look at it, even without Andrew Luck, I say they still should win this game. They should. So, Indy hosts Tampa Bay. Indy should win. Then you get the Giants in Washington against the Redskins. The Giants are three-point favorite. Uh, The G-Men, this is a game, speaking of games that you should win, the Giants should win this game. And you have to now pay attention to Dallas because, as I told you, I'm expecting Dallas on Thursday night, a Thursday afternoon in Dallas to beat Carolina to get their fourth win. And they all of a sudden, I think, will be right up the Giants' ass and the Giants need to, they need to take care of their division teams that they should beat. Not just the teams they should beat, but the teams they should beat in their division. They should beat Washington. The Redskins just got their ass whooped by the Carolina Panthers 44 to 16 last weekend. The Giants had the bye. They are coming off a loss to the New England Patriots. Uh, 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 they gave the Patriots a game much more than I ever would have expected to in that one. The Giants should beat the Redskins. They're a better team. Uh, they have a better quarterback. And, you know, I, I I think that the Giants, even though they're going on the road, they already beat the Redskins this season. They should be able to do it again. If they don't, I will consider this the Giants choking. That's what I'll consider it. But the Giants at minus three, the G-Men should be able to go into Washington, into D.C., and beat the Redskins. Then you got Oakland going into Tennessee. The Raiders, a two-point favorite in this game. The Oakland Raiders, they have now lost three straight games. When I look at the teams they've lost to in the last three, 
They're at four and six. They lost to the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Okay. They lost to the Vikings. All right. Vikings are a good team. Then they go to Detroit and lose. You can't lose to Detroit. You just can't do it. You only scored 13 points against them. You lost 18 to 13. And now you have to turn it around and get back in on the road. And you got to beat a Titans team that has yet to win at home. The Tennessee Titans this season at 2-8. and eight, They're coming off a loss on Thursday Night Football against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville, 19-13. The Titans 0-5 at home this season. So that the fact that it's in Tennessee does not scare me off. Oakland is much more talented than, I, than their 4-6 and six record shows. They've lost three straight. I, I think that that loss against Detroit should give them a little kick in the ass. They go into Tennessee. I'm going to take Oakland to win this one. Uh, they're a two-point favorite. And I just think the Raiders are better than their record shows. And if the playoffs began today, the Raiders are on the outside looking in. But, you know, right now they're only one game out of it. They're they're not going to win their division. They're going to have to get a wild card spot. They got Kansas City ahead of them. Uh, They got the Jets, the Bills, the Texans, and the Chiefs ahead of them. But all separated by one game. Oakland at 4-6. and six. I expect them uh, to get their fifth win when they go into Tennessee and beat the Titans Sunday at 1. Then you get the Bills and the Chiefs. This is basically a playoff game. It is basically a playoff game. The Bills are a six-point underdog. They go into Kansas City. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they are rolling. They have won four straight. They are at 5-5. Five and five. And because the Bills Lost to the Patriots on Monday night. If the playoffs began today, the Chiefs bounce up into that final wild card spot, and the Chiefs would be in the playoffs if they began today. A a pretty cool story, given the fact that Kansas City got off to a terrible, terrible start to the season in which they began the year 1-5. and They lost Jamal Charles to a season-ending injury. Jamal Charles, as fantasy owners can attest to this, he is... One of the more exciting players in the National Football League. And uh, that you lose him, and obviously that's deflating. You begin the season 1-5, and five, what do you do? You beat Pittsburgh. You beat Detroit. Uh, you go to Denver and beat the Broncos. Then you go to San Diego last week and win 33-3. The Kansas City Chiefs, it's a pretty cool story. And now they are home against the Buffalo Bills team that is looking. They need to win because you get to uh, the, the end of the season and the final wild card spot. Both of these two teams, Kansas City's not winning their division and Buffalo's not winning their division. The only way either of these two teams gets into the playoffs is with the wild card spot. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to lose one of those wild card spots. So you're going to have to get that final spot. And what it could come down to is the first tiebreaker, which is head-to-head. Bills, Chiefs, this is pretty much a playoff game. And because it is in Kansas City, I'm sorry. I got to go with the Chiefs to win this one. I really do. Uh, A lot of people like to praise Tyrod Taylor. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. And he looks banged up. They say he's probably still going to play in this one. Looked like he hurt his throwing arm big time at the end of that game on Monday night. Still, uh, you know, I think that Kansas City at home, it's a tough place to play. It's one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. At least they're starting to get that back, being a, a 500 club and being a team that would be in the playoffs if they began today. Kansas City, I think, will beat Buffalo because it is in Kansas City, and it could mean all the difference in the world when it comes to that tiebreaker for one of the final wild card spots in the AFC. Then you get the Dolphins going to New York to take on the Jets. The Jets at home coming off a loss against the Houston Texans. I'm going to take the Jets to win this one. Uh, the Jet, the Jets at five and five. They have they have blown it a little bit too. They have lost two straight and. You know, the quarterback's banged up. I get it. They've lost to the Bills. They've lost to the Texans. I mean, the Jets have lost four of their last five. I can understand the one to the Patriots at Gillette. But you go to Oakland and you lose to them. Yeah, you beat the Jaguars. But then you lose to the Bills and the Texans. It's not the way I expected the Jets season to play out, given how good their defense is. But they obviously have their quarterback issues. And because of that... 
Uh, I'm not going to really pick them anymore to get into the playoffs, but I will pick them to win this game over the Dolphins because it is in New York. This is another one. Who's the home team? Who gets the advantage? New York's the home team. I'm going to take the Jets over the Dolphins. Another 1 o'clock game, the final 1 o'clock game that I'll go over here right now and that we have is San Diego in Jacksonville. The Chargers against the Jaguars. The Chargers are just brutal this season. Every time you think they're going to turn it around and snap out of it, they lose, and they just got whooped by the Kansas City Chiefs. What, 33-3, to as I mentioned last weekend. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they are coming off a Thursday night win at home against the Tennessee Titans with a couple big late drives there against Tennessee. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they're in the playoff picture. They're 4-6. and six. They got a quarterback who likes to throw the football. So I guess you you got to keep an eye out for him. You got to take a peek at him at 4 and 6 because technically they're only one game not just out of the wild card, but one game out of the division lead. As I mentioned, Indy's in first place at 5 and 5, Houston uh, at 5 and 5, and you got Jacksonville at 4 and 6. So you got to take a peek at Jacksonville because they are in the playoff race in not just their division, also in the wild card spot. Um they are home against San Diego. Look, based on everything San Diego has shown me this season, I cannot pick San Diego to win in Jacksonville. I can't do it. They look like the more talented team, but San Diego's banged up offensively. And given the way they've played against teams previously this season that I thought San Diego should beat, I just... Look, Jacksonville is actually playing for something right now. They're playing for a division. So I'm going to have to go with the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars will win this one. At home against San Diego. And about five, six weeks ago, if you had told me that, the Jaguars would have a chance to beat San Diego in week 12 because the Jaguars would be in a playoff race, I'd be laughing in your face. But that's realistic. So I'm going to go with Jacksonville in this one over San Diego because it's in Jacksonville and because San Diego is just terrible this season. Uh, Then, a 4 o'clock game on Sunday. The Arizona Cardinals go into San Francisco. The Cardinals are 10.5-point favorites. Arizona, they've already beaten San Fran uh, by earlier this season by like 40 points. It was in Arizona. But you go to San Francisco, and I think when Arizona walks into that building, I think that they're going to look around, take a peek, right? If you're Arizona, take a peek, and know that that's the home of Super Bowl 50. And believe me, they won't say it. But they'll know it. Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald, they're going to walk into the building in San Francisco on Sunday at 4 o'clock. They're going to look up and down the stadium. They're going to look around and they're going to say, this is the home of Super Bowl 50 and we could be playing right here. Take it all in because we'd like to come back and let's have a good showing. I think they'll have a great showing. I think Arizona wins. And maybe I'm teasing one of my picks for the weekend. But the Cardinals, they have already whooped San Fran by about 40 points earlier this season. They go into San Francisco and they will do much of the same, in my opinion. And then you got at 425 on Sunday, the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the Seattle Seahawks. This is going to be a great game. The Seahawks at home. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, The Seattle Seahawks, they are coming off a win at home over the 49ers. That doesn't make me praise Seattle too much. They are 3-2 and at home this year. Going to Seattle. You can go to Seattle and win. You can. You can do it. It's been done twice this season. The Carolina Panthers did it, right? And the Arizona Cardinals did it. But you've got to be a pretty good team to do it. That's what they've proven. Carolina is undefeated. Arizona is the number two seed in the NFC. If you're a good team, you can go into Seattle and win this game. And I do think that Pittsburgh, because they're a wildcard team, uh, you know, I know some people might say, well, they're a wildcard team. They're not great. Big Ben's banged up. But Big Ben, as banged up as he may be, he is still playing. And they're coming off a bye. And before then, Pittsburgh, remember, Ben Roethlisberger came off the bench. And he had a fantastic game. Pittsburgh's for real, I think. And I do think they can go into Seattle and win. And, in fact, I'm picking them to do it. Pittsburgh, three-and-a-half-point dog. They go into Seattle. It's not an impossible place to play this season as we've seen so far, the Seahawks losing at home twice. And the Seahawks, 
They don't have Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch is going to be out about a month. He's going to have sports hernia surgery. So that takes another one of their weapons away. Yeah, the Seahawks are favorites, but I do not think they're the best team. And I think Pittsburgh, I think they'll be able to go into Seattle and give them a game. And if it's close enough, I think they can pull this one out. I'm going to say Pittsburgh goes into Seattle and wins this one Sunday at 425. And then, of course, we got the Sunday night game. Patriots, Broncos, game of the week. The Patriots at 10-0. The Broncos at 8-2. If the playoffs began today, the Patriots get the one seed in the first round bye. The Broncos get the three seed, and they would host the Kansas City Chiefs in the first round. You know the storylines by now. The Denver Broncos, they have... They won last week against the Bears. Brock Osweiler, that's right, Brock Osweiler, thrown under center, replaces Peyton Manning. The news is that Peyton Manning is still going to miss a couple more weeks. So we will see Brock Osweiler under center for Denver. The biggest question I have with the Broncos is DeMarcus Ware going to play? He leads the team in sacks. He has missed the last two weeks with a back injury. If they don't have DeMarcus Ware, that's a huge loss for Denver. Now, They still have the best pass defense in football. And given all the injuries the Patriots have on their offense, I think what Denver's going to do is they're going to have a game plan in which they say our big physical cornerbacks are going to make Rob Gronkowski's night. We're going to make this a living hell for him in this game in Denver. We're going to be physical. We're going to jam him at the line of scrimmage. We're going to double him. And we're basically going to say, hey, Patriots, if you want to beat us, then you're going to have to beat us with a Chris Hopper. You're going to have to beat us with another receiver. You're going to have to beat us with a James White because you are not beating us with Rob Gronkowski. That's what Denver's game plan is going to be. Um, Where I then get to the Patriots side of things is I'll say, hey, fine, we'll do it. Now, the good news here with the Patriots, we do know Danny Amendola sort of dodged a bullet with the knee injury. He left the game Monday night against the Bills with that knee injury, and I thought the worst. A lot of us did. He did not return to that game. We we thought the worst. But yesterday, Tom E. Curran from Comcast Sportsnet New England, he reported that it is just a knee sprain and that Danny Amendola will not miss extended time. Now, does that mean he'll be available for the game Sunday night in Denver? We don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. They're going to see how he reacts to treatments and practice this week and workouts. And if he's ready to go, they said that he can play. But we don't know if he'll be ready to go. But even if he is ready to go, will he be 100%? I don't know. I still think that the Patriots are going to have to factor in the kid that I talked about and praised yesterday on this podcast, the kid that I praised last night when I was on WEEI from 10 to midnight, Chris Hopper. I really do think that this is a kid that has a tremendous amount of athleticism who obviously we saw on Monday night, the very next possession after Amendola went down, you get a third down situation and Brady goes over the middle to Chris Hopper. Trust him to make that play. Hopper pulls the catch down. It was a first down. It got called back though because of a hold in the offensive line. Still, that was a big play. I know it doesn't count, okay? But in my head, when I try to envision what Chris Hopper can be for this Patriots team, for a depleted wide receiver core, I, whether Amendola plays or not, I still think that they're going to utilize Chris Hopper. And I think he could be a big piece to the puzzle here down the stretch. So uh, the Patriots, they're going to counter maybe Denver's philosophy and game plan of, hey, we're going to shut down Gronk. The Patriots are going to counter that with, okay, we're going to add a new piece to this puzzle. His name is Chris Hopper. Nobody wanted him. We picked him up. Uh, undrafted rookie free agent out of Cal. And uh, this is what we do. Next man up. Chris Hopper is the next man up. And I think he'll have a big night in Denver on Sunday night. Um, Denver's defense is still pretty good, though. And uh, as as banged up as the Patriots may be combined with Denver's defense I just, I, I, for me to pick Denver to win this game, I would have to put my money on Brock Osweiler over Tom Brady. And you know what? I just can't do it. And, and that's why, that is why I am picking the Patriots to win this game on Sunday night. I mean, I think, you know, this is, this could be, this is going to be a three point game. 
This is going to be like a 21-20 game or a 23-20 game. I I can completely see that. And uh, the Patriots, I do think they win. And I think that at some point we're going to be talking about the Patriots. Can they go undefeated? And you look at the rest of their schedule and say, wow, uh, it definitely is possible. So Patriots, I think, win on Sunday night. Um, but we'll, I'll react to that next week. Again, I'm not here on Monday. Unfortunately, I, I gotta move, it's a moving out day for me. i got to move out. But I will be back next Tuesday, and I will react to it all, even if I'm wrong. And the Patriots lose to the Broncos. I still think, as I told you in my column for the Boston Metro this week, I still think, the, and I've, I've told you on this podcast, and on WEI and every other forum that I'm on, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, even if the Patriots lose to the Broncos Sunday night, the Patriots, given how their schedule looks after the Broncos game, the Patriots are still going to get the one seed. They will. Because a team like Cincinnati or Denver... They're not just going to need the Patriots to lose that game on Sunday night to the Broncos. They're also going to need the Patriots to lose a game against either Philly, Houston, Tennessee, the Jets, or the Dolphins. And I'm sorry, I just don't think it's going to happen. As banged up as the Patriots' offense is, I believe they're going to find a way to win. And I actually think that the addition of Chris Hopper to this offense is I think they're going to be a little bit better than maybe people are expecting. And I think they're going to fix the issues on the offensive line only because we've seen them fix it before. We saw them fix it last year. And I do like that they're putting Stork back at that center position. So I'm picking the Patriots to beat the Broncos Sunday night. Even if they don't, I still think the Patriots get the one seed in the AFC. And of course, then you get the Monday night game, the Ravens and the Browns. I already went over that. Uh, the only reason I would have been watching is for Johnny Manziel to begin his era as the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns uh, and to begin it on national TV officially, not that they hand him the keys to the car, but we know what he did with those keys. And the Ravens, they don't have Joe Flacco. This is just an ugly game to end what should be a fantastic week of football as the NFL playoff picture, before I give you my picks, One last time, we'll look at it. If the playoffs began today, heading into Thanksgiving, heading into Week 12, in the AFC, the Patriots would be the one seed, the Bengals would be the two seed, getting the bye. In the wild card round, the first round, the three seed Denver Broncos would host the six seed Kansas City Chiefs. How about that? Little divisional rivalry there. And then the four seed Indianapolis Colts would face the five-seed Pittsburgh Steelers in Indy. I'd be picking Pittsburgh to win that game. And I'd also be picking Denver to beat KC, which would mean KC would be out. Indy would be out. The Broncos would be going to Cincy for the divisional round. And the Steelers would be coming to Gillette. That's that's a good Steelers team. Not saying they're going to beat the Patriots, but that would be a tough matchup for the first playoff game. It would. But that's how the AFC looks. NFC playoff picture, if the playoffs began today, Carolina at 10-0, they would get the one seed. Arizona Cardinals would get the two seed. Uh, and those two teams, Carolina, Arizona, would get the first round by. The wild card round, Green Bay, the three seed, they would host the six seed Atlanta Falcons in that first round game. So Atlanta would go to Green Bay. And the four seed New York Giants would host the five seed Minnesota Vikings, and the way I would pick that would be Green Bay beats Atlanta at Lambeau, which means Green Bay goes to Arizona, and Minnesota, I would pick them to beat the Giants in New York, and I that would mean Minnesota goes to Carolina, and you would have a crazy divisional round in the NFL playoffs. I can't wait till the playoffs are here, but uh, an exciting week nonetheless here for week number 12 in the NFL. And because, as I mentioned, this is the last show of the week on this shortened Thanksgiving week, I'm going to give you my picks. It's Picks Picks, five games with the spread. I close out every week with this. And uh, last week, I went three and two. Now, if I were picking the money line all season and just giving you teams to win games, I would be... 
about 10 games above 500, maybe even better than that. Uh, but instead, I'm giving you the spread. I went 3-2 and two last week, uh, so my record on the season is 25-29-1. But I am feeling it right now, being one game over 500 last week, and I'm going ballsy on you this week for Picks Picks. I got four road teams. That's right, four road teams. I will begin, though, Thursday. I don't usually do the Thursday games because Picks Picks, I do it on Friday. But because I'm doing it on a Wednesday, here we go. I'm giving you a Thursday game, giving you a Thanksgiving Day game. And you probably already have a sense as to where I'm going with this. The Cowboys plus one. I am jumping all over it. I have bought into Dallas. The fact that they got Romo back. And and the analysts that try to tell me, well, one guy can't change the fate of a team this season. This is a bad Cowboy team. Well, what league are you watching? Because the league that I'm watching... If you don't have a quarterback, you can't win in this league. And if if Dallas had Tony Romo and Des Bryant healthy all season long, just for shits and giggles, let's go over this schedule real quick. The Cowboys are 3-7, and seven, right? Just for shits and giggles. Uh, you, lose, you, you lose Tony Romo. You lose Des Bryant. Let, let's just start. We'll go Saints. You lost to the Saints? Remember that game? Brandon Whedon was a Sunday night football, drove him down, all of a sudden, Saints. No, you don't lose to the Saints in that one. Tony Romo probably would throw eight touchdown passes, seven to Des Bryant, knowing how bad the Saints defense is this season. Uh, You might still lose to the Patriots, though you would have put up a a much better fight against the Patriots. The Patriots beat you 30-6. to But you would go into New York and beat the Giants again because you beat them in week one. Uh, I tell you what. Without Tony Romo, you lost to the Seahawks by one point. You might beat Seattle in Dallas in that game if Tony Romo's playing. You lose to the Eagles. You lose to the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay 10-6. I'm giving the Dallas Cowboys three extra wins with Tony Romo, which means I would give them six wins right now, which would put them in first place in their division. So I told you the Cowboys are alive, and they are going to give the Carolina Panthers, their first loss of the season, which means you take the point. Cowboys plus one on Thanksgiving in Dallas. I just can't bet against them. So I'm going to bet them to win this one because Tony Romo is back. And I believe Cowboys are going to make a run and get into the playoffs. So Cowboys plus one over Carolina in Dallas. Then uh, the rest of my games are on Sunday. I'm going to take the Giants minus three over the Redskins. It's in D.C. The Giants already beat Washington this season. The Redskins coming off a terrible loss. Giants coming off a bye. Before then, they lost to the Patriots. Uh, The G-Men, I think they'll bounce back well from that loss to the Patriots. They They will be able to beat Washington, and they'll beat them by maybe six at least. Giants minus three over the Redskins. Then I will go with the Oakland Raiders as a two-point favorite over the Titans in Tennessee. As I mentioned, the Titans are 0-5 at home this season, so that part of it doesn't scare me. The Raiders have lost three straight games, and their last loss was a game that, look, when, when you look at your schedule and you move forward, and you know you have a shot to make the playoffs. you got to beat Detroit. Now, Detroit's had a couple big wins here the last couple weeks. But still, uh, are we really going to take Detroit seriously at 3-7, and seven, knowing the way they started the season? I don't think that w- I don't think what you saw at the beginning of the season was any type of fluke. I think Detroit is still a bad football team that might catch some breaks the last couple weeks. But uh, I think the Raiders, look, they lose to them. I think they'll be fired up. That might be their wake-up call kicking them behind. They can go to Tennessee and win. I think the Raiders will, and they'll win by more than two points. Oakland minus two over the Titans in Tennessee. Then I got the Cardinals in San Fran. I told you, Cardinals minus ten and a half. You walk into that building, and you look around, and you think to yourself, if you're Arizona, we need to come back into this building, and we need to do it in February because this is the home of Super Bowl 50. I think they'll be feeling good about themselves. Also known that Arizona whooped San Francisco earlier in the season by about 40 points. I'm going to take the Cardinals to win by at least two touchdowns. Arizona minus 10 and a half in San Francisco. And then finally, 
I already told you, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're going to beat the Seahawks. The Steelers are three-and-a-half-point dog. They go into Seattle. Seattle's lost twice this season at home against good teams. Against good teams. But still, I think Pittsburgh is a very good team that has been dealing with some injuries to their quarterback this season. I'm going to say, and they also lost Le'Veon Bell for the year. And here are the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think getting into the playoffs, I think a lock to get in. They are at 6-4. and four. I think they go into Seattle and win this game. Big Ben should be playing. He is back. After, you know, before the bye week last week, two weeks ago, he came back. He came in off the bench as the backup quarterback because he was playing banged up and had a tremendous day. I'm not concerned about his help. And uh, I'm not concerned about the Steelers' run game either without Le'Veon Bell. I think when Big Ben is in, he changes the dynamic for that offense. He has plenty of weapons offensively still. And I think the Steelers will be able to beat the Seahawks, a Seahawks team that is not the same Seahawks team as we've seen. They do not have Marshawn Lynch in this game. He is out for about a month with hernia surgery. I'm going to take Pittsburgh plus three and a half. So there are my picks for week number 12. Cowboys plus one. Giants minus three. Raiders minus two. Cardinals minus ten and a half, and the Steelers plus three and a half. I close out every week with picks, picks, five games with the spread, and uh, that's what I have for this shortened Thanksgiving week. So um, I'll be back on Tuesday of next week, and uh, I, again, no show tomorrow with Thanksgiving, obviously, no show Friday. And no show next Monday because it's a move-out day for me. I'm moving out of my apartment. I need the entire day, and i got to get out by that day. So uh, no show Monday. I'll be back to break all of Week 12 down on Tuesday of next week and any other stories that, that break over the holiday weekend with regards to Major League Baseball and the hot stove and free agent signings and possible trades. I'll react to it all on Tuesday. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a great holiday. Have a great weekend. And I'll talk to you next week.